many of us? How many of us? How many jealous? Real friends, there's not many of us. We smile at each other, but how many honest? Trust issues, switch up the number. I can't be bothered. I cannot blame you for having it. Episode three, another sports podcast. Um, I am Alex Wong uh, with Matt Dressens. This is my voice. Uh, Matt, please talk so they know your voice. What's up, world? How you doing today? Doing good. It's uh, kind of rainy here in Boston. Huh? Yeah, it was raining. I'm looking inside my window right now. It was raining light earlier than that steadily transition to snow. And now we've got like maybe almost an inch on the ground. So It was a solid 60 here today. So I yeah. wore shorts and we don't have snow. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was like not sixty, but it was like it got up to like fifty three probably like two days ago. Uh that's as high as we got though. We're going back down to like twenties and thirties though, so Alright. So uh let's see, we're recording this on a Thursday night. Uh hopefully you're gonna be listening to it. Um You probably won't be. No, nah, like yeah, so you're not gonna listen to this. But if you were, hopefully it'll be up by later tonight on Thursday. So um I guess first things first, Red Sox are officially in spring training. Pickers and catchers reported um, really a, a little bit ago, but first to like team workouts have been going on the past few days. So Maybe my, my least favorite sports thing. Yeah, you, you, mentioned this, you mentioned that on episode two, and I mean... I feel like every other team has a camp, or every other sport has a camp. And no one gives a shit about it. But, like, we have a whole two and a half months of just devoted to spring training. And it gets covered like it's the regular season. I don't know well, if that's just to be like, oh, winter's over. I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. Or just the fact that baseball is coming and no one really cares about hockey or basketball. I don't know. Just avoid. See, what it is for me is because baseball, since it's the only sport really going on for a majority of the summer. I know that NHL, NBA playoffs, and MLS uh, for a select few of us um, happens in the summer a little bit. But for the most part, it, it's all baseball in the summer. So once you start getting the, a, a taste of baseball, you already start thinking about the summer. So people get excited about that. And, I mean, now especially with, like, social media and stuff, teams are posting videos and pictures from wherever warm – place their, their home base is at uh, down south and I mean at least like people like me use that to sort of like get away from <laughs> like the snow I'm looking at right now like I don't know it just it, it, it gets gets you out of like that seasonal affective disorder that people can get so I mean I at guess. least for me that's yeah like I, I see where you're coming from because like especially NBA NHL like people just do not give a shit about their training camps <laughs> NFL is probably second to Major League Baseball in terms of preseason, but I mean I can see why the NFL gets covered the way it yeah. is. If you want to see how like a couple guys are working in the new system, some off season, but like literally they're hitting fungos to people at first base, and and they're doing routine baseball stuff. It's not like they're running new plays, and you want to see Brady throw a couple touchdown passes. You're literally watching Pablo, Fat Pablo in the cage. And Hanley try to like scoop balls off the ground and stuff. Like, yeah. cool. We have all summer to talk about how <laughs> terrible they are. I don't. I don't need to hear this in February. Yeah. So you mentioned Pablo and Hanley. We'll get to Hanley in a second. But first, Pablo. So, song that you heard coming in, song that you will hear going out is "Real Friends" from Kanye West's new album, "The Life of Pablo." The Red Sox have the massive seventeen percent body fat gut of Pablo, Pablo Sandoval. Um. I mean, those pictures that came out like, when he first started his camp, left leg. Yeah, like, <laughs> if, if he's 17%, then I'm, like, 5%. And, oh, exactly. And I'm realistically, on, on an actual scale, not the Paulo Sandoval scale, I'm nowhere near that. I, like, I'm probably, like, a, like 15 17%. Yeah, I think I was 15 at Bridgeton last year. It yeah, perhaps and, will. like, like, Pablo, like, I commend him for... For standing up for, for all the fat people out there and trying to, to redefine what body fat percentage is, um, it's a valiant effort. I won't knock him for that. But, um, yeah, for him to say he was 17% body fat coming in, and for, for 
people within the Red Sox to be like, yeah, like, he lost weight from last year. Like, we're happy with that, but, like, we could see improvement. Like, I'd like to see them maybe go in on him a little bit more. But You're not going to get that from Farrell. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Oh, yeah, Farrell's the, the player's manager. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, those first pictures were, that came out with – there was, I know there was one with, he was just sweating so, like he was wearing one of those gray. It looked like he jumped in a pool. Yeah, a gray, like a gray t-shirt and it was just disgusting. And then there was uh, the one that's been circulating where he's making a throw during um, like a ground ball drill. And my God, his gut <laughs> hanging out and some of the stretch marks on that. Oh Lord, <laughs> that was. It, it looks like good. the size of Texas. It's just yeah. like coming out. It's just oh, like this extra part. The best thing that, to come out of that was someone photoshopped. You know the crying Jordan meme. Mm. Someone photoshopped part of the crying Jordan face onto Pablo Sandoval's stomach. I, and it I was, think I saw that. It was maybe the one of the funniest things I've ever seen on the internet. That was fantastic. Um, yeah. So I mean, last year when he signed, people. We're talking about his weight and something that like resurfaced a little bit this week, um, or maybe to- even towards like the end of last week was um, a picture from his last season in San Francisco where he was he's noticeably slimmer. He's still big because like we can, let's just face the fact that Pablo Sandoval is just it's in his genetics to be like on the on a bigger side. Some guys just don't lose weight as easily as others, and I get that. Um, but I mean, he was noticeably, noticeably slimmer in San Francisco and within a year he becomes this fat tub of goo. How does that happen? I I don't know. And if that happens in any other sport, you're gone. You're just, you're caught. Unless you're in football and then you're like a nose tackle, but you get a pass. You're supposed to be huge. If anybody showed up like that in, in, in basketball or hockey, you're gone. You don't have a job. You're just not going to compete. But I guess that's more of the nature of baseball. Yeah, and, like, when he signed, I mean, people brought up his weight. I was one of the people that said, like, well, I, like, especially before the season started, I was like, I, I'm expecting him to perform like he has with San Francisco. And, obviously, he's proven before that the weight wasn't too much of an issue for him. It might be become something in terms of durability and, and being a little bit more injury-prone or worn down because of his physique later in either his career or later in seasons, but in terms of production, I didn't expect it to impact him. I still don't think his weight was, like, a number one cause for his huge decline last year. It couldn't have helped in the field, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had the worst season offensively and defensively. Where did he hit, like, 240 last year? year? Something like that. He wasn't great in the field. I mean, as bad as those pictures looked, I guess people, like the beat writers that are down there, um, watching the team every day, every drill, um, they're saying he's actually fielding fairly well at third base. He's he's looking a lot better defensively than last season, at least. Hey, good. Which, it's February. He can grow. He can feel the fucking ground ball off yeah. of uh, Butterfield's fungo. That's good. Like, let's see if he can stop a rod in, in in June or September. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I'm. The optimist in me is, is saying that last year was just a blip in the radar and it, it's not going to play out the same this season. But there's always that that big, like him, what if. Exactly. I'm just waiting for it to fall. And then you mentioned Hanley also earlier uh, during the intro. And, I mean, we talk about Pablo looking pretty good, like, like we said, spring training drills aren't a great indicator, but he, he was looking pretty good. Hanley Ramirez, <laughs> yikes! He, he couldn't give less of a shit. Oh, he does not care at first base. He's sidestepping balls, laying them, mm-hmm. doing these exaggerated scoops. Can barely scoop a ball, pick it he out. He doesn't even have his own life. glove. Yeah. He's literally <laughs> using Mike Napoli's glove. I'd, I'd like to see him maybe buy his own. Like, just, there's got to be a Dick Sporting Goods or Sports Authority somewhere. Dude, you play there. on the Boston Red Sox. Get your own fucking glove. Like, like this he, isn't he, that hard. I'm pretty sure he's like a Nike athlete. Can't Nike like hook him up with a glove or something? Seriously, like, <laughs> like, get him a glove, but, a first baseman's glove. This isn't like 
Westwood T-ball. Like, he can get his own glove. Yeah. He doesn't need, like, mom or dad's approval on, like, the price range either. Like, no. He, he signed a massive contract. I think he can afford a glove or two. Uh, um, but, I mean, I don't know how, like, have you watched any of the videos that have been coming out? I saw the one today where he, he tried to windmill the shit out of something and he just, like, threw it into second base. Yeah, just... Like, oh, and then he, he put the ball on the mouth. Put, put, yeah, he put it that, in his mouth. See, this is, this is where, like, Hanley Ramirez just frustrates the hell out of me is that I want to hate him so bad for, like, just not giving a care, like, not having a care in the world playing first base right now. Uh, and just not showing any effort whatsoever. But then he goes and, like, does something, like, for, for some reason I find that, like, lovable almost, where it's, like, he's just just having fun. He's just being, it's, it's Hanley being Manny, and he's just, he's catching a, a ball at first base and then putting it in his mouth for some reason. And for some reason that that's, like, all, like, I don't know why, like, in my head that's, like, endearing, but it is. But then he goes and, like, I don't just... Like, I, I, I haven't played first base since probably fifth grade in, like, an actual game. And, I mean, you know, I sat the bench maybe every game of at least my senior year in high school. I could right now go out and play first base a lot better than Haley Ramirez. At least showing effort out Yeah, there. I think effort-wise, anyone could. I, I, I don't know. He's... He's going to be the reason the Sox don't do anything this year. Yeah. And I, think. I was just reading something earlier today from Feidelberg on Barstool, and he, he made it like a good point. Like, we can get up to like playing hard in full games a little bit later. Right now, just show some effort for the 15-second Twitter videos. And then we'll start there as a foundation, and then we can work our way up. Like, we'll, we'll make this a gradual progression in yeah. terms of effort. And it doesn't even have to be full effort. Just pretend that you that you care. Right. And I feel like he's not doing any of the, the extra work. Like, stay after practice, take some ground no. balls. and He just doesn't care. He just wants like, to hit, cash his check, and go home. I think it was... It might have been Mike Giardi on Twitter that um, after... Like, after he feels a ground ball at first, um, he'll just, like, toss it off to the side and just, like, like noodle arm it. To, to the other side of first base. And I guess, like, Travis Shaw, who I'm pretty high on, uh, he, he as soon as he, you know, feels it or whatever, he's firing it like a cannon off to a different base. So it's just it's like those little things that we're seeing in the first couple of workouts that, like, is he mentally there? No, and I don't think it comes to any surprise to anyone that he doesn't give a shit at all. <laughs> like, not at all. After we saw him in left field. <laughs> Left field last year. Um, Never thought there'd be a worse left fielder than Manny, and then we got Hanley. I don't know. I, if if he can get his offensive production up to like what we want, I could maybe tolerate it. Yeah, because I I, I trust for the most part our infield to to help him out. I mean, Pedroia told him like you know just I'll, I'll, you don't have to worry about it because I'll cover all the ground on our side of the field. And I'll put throws right on your chest, and I'll, I'll make it easy for you. I mean, with with Bogarts and Sandoval, if they have to make a, a, a quick throw from that side of the field, and Hanley's forced to make a play on it, that worries me, obviously. Um, and then did you see Pujaroya telling him, uh, what was it? It was like, pay attention, or else I'm like, like I'm going to knock your teeth out with the throw. Did not see that. I saw something today on... Comcast, Sportsnet, it was a little, like, ad for spring training or whatever, and Koji's on the mound. I think they're doing bunt drills. And he's just, Koji's on the mound yelling at him, probably in Japanese, to, like, <laughs> move the fuck up and, like, go charge the ball. And Hanley's just standing there like, oh, what, what are you? Like, where do I go? And Koji's freaking out on the mound, and, and it just cuts out there. And I just, like, if Koji's getting pissed at this, like, he can't, this can't work. Because he's a closer. Yeah. I mean, he, he's not a leader on the team or anything. If, if yeah. like, a one-inning pitcher is yelling at your first baseman, he's not doing his job. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, we'll get into there's There's a ton more talking points for the Red Sox. We'll probably get more into them later episodes as they actually start to, like, play exhibition games and get closer to the start of the season. Oh, boy, exhibition baseball. Yeah, nothing like a nice double header with Northeastern and BC. 
<laughs> bean pot. Yeah. Uh, thoughts and prayers. Roll Boston out the University. Cape League there. Yeah. Hey, a lot of good players come out of the Cape League. All right. Um, I guess next you want to talk um, Grant Cruz, which ended sometime over the weekend. I don't even. I didn't follow it very closely. I have but no idea what this is. How, you don't? No. Are you kidding me? You haven't heard about this? No. Uh, is this where he was like partying or whatever? Or? Yeah. So okay. he set up a promotion with. I forget what. Uh, oh, is this the sweepstakes that they were advertising all summer with, uh, like Felgren Maz and all those things? It might be. I know they they were doing it like a lot during the end of the season, but he uh, basically like people signed up to go party on a cruise ship with Gronk. His brother is a bunch of like different DJs and artists for like a weekend or like long weekend or something like that like some of the people didn't realize they were signing up for the grand cruise and that's quite a surprise when you go <laughs> onto the ship um but uh i like i guess i saw today that like there are some nfl players talking about like a double standard now like oh if, if someone else is doing that and not Gronk, like the media would be all over us like what's the deal with that do you think that's like I mean, I don't know. I I think some of these things get way overblown. Um, yeah. I mean, if Gronk wants to go have fun in the off season, what? Who are we to say he can't? So. Yeah, that's the thing. He's he does his this stuff during the off season versus Johnny Manziel, who like shows up drunk yeah. to practice. <laughs> um, he's not like beating women like countless other NFL players are, and the and another thing I saw brought up was like, he's always been like this. It's not like he he. He, like, turns it on, like, as he chooses. He's always that Gronk that we see in the videos coming out from that cruise. Like, that's just who he is. Yeah. And we don't expect anything else from him, I guess. So, I don't, I don't, I don't like, there's there's no double standard, really. It's, it's how he always is. Um, he's not doing any harm. Um, I mean, he's, he's doing a sanctioned party crews with like security detail and all sorts of clearance from whoever the company was helping him run it versus i mean chandler jones who i love i think he's a great guy uh yeah john, his brother john bones jones from ithco or i am right now um or at least lives here i don't know i forget but i mean he's he's smoking k2 chandler is not john john i think i don't know he does like crack or something uh, but I mean, yeah, the, it, it's harmless fun. And it's I don't like, think he did anything wrong. I mean, if he wants to have yeah. a few beers and like go fucking nuts on a party ship, go for it. Just show up to training yeah. camp in shape. Don't be yeah, sad at all. The the whole and like for some reason, like a bunch of different publications like sent reporters onto the ship. Like I know Sarah Spain was there for ESPN Women um reporting and i don't know she's she's a little hypocritical because she called out julie stewart binks from fox sports one for gronk remember gronk she was the reporter that gronk like gave a lap dance to at the super bowl i, I didn't um, hear about this yeah that's looked at look this up later it's yeah so sarah spam was like talking about how that was unprofessional and then she went and was talking like all about how great the party cruise was so i don't know there's there's some, like, storylines coming out of the Grand Cruise that, like, I don't know, are they even really stories, but I thought we'd give them, give them some mention, maybe. Um, uh, do you think it's too early to start talking Patriot draft targets since the Combine started? Um, I mean... I don't think they, so, but I don't really know many of the uh, guys. I'll, I'll, I'll toss out a couple names that I saw the past two days. Um... They're talking about how the Patriots need an outside receiver and running back depth. So I think they're. I, I just want to say one thing. I, I don't yeah. think they need running back because they get Lewis back, they'll be fine. They get Blunt back. They need they need an offensive line. That's what they need. Yeah, I, but I think that can be built in the later rounds, like from four to seven, maybe even three and three to seven. And then um, after the draft with undrafted rookies and, and different free agents, I think the depth can be built there. Um, I mean, we don't have our first pick back, 
No. Um, I mean, I'd like it to be back, but it's, it's Roger. Back. It's Roger Goodell. But um, I don't know. Some name, some skill position names I saw floating around where um, I know Braxton Miller was a big one. Everybody loves Braxton Miller because he's he's so versatile. Because he he played quarterback for Ohio State yeah. for like his first however many years. This season, past season, he transferred over to wide receiver. Um, he can play a little bit of running back too, and I don't know if you saw his um, some like the earlier workouts he was doing. Uh, he was like he was torching some of the top cornerbacks working out with him. Like it was crazy how like how fast his footwork was, and like like he he left cornerbacks literally in his dust. Like it was unbelievable how like how how good he was how athletic and freaky like freakishly versatile he is i can't wait for the people yeah he can throw the option pass too we got another edelman we're we're, we're gonna go it's gonna go brady screen to edelman throw it back across the field to braxton miller uh and then then he's gonna gonna throw it back to brady and he's gonna run it like the eagles game (laughs) yeah exactly Exactly. i i'm already like envisioning this in my head and it's going very well so I can't wait. Um, <laughs> they're mentioning him as an outside receiver. Um, I think there's a guy, Farrow Cooper, from South Carolina, who I want for the name alone because um, Pharaohs don't lose. What about Marcus Colston, the uh, guy from the Saints? Um, they just released it, or they're going to release him. That would be interesting to look at. Yeah. Um, I know... That's a free agent signing, another free agent. Actually, two from the Bears. Matt Forte has talked about a little bit. Um, he command a lot of money, though. And I then think Forte is just another Steven Jackson, really, at this point. Although, he's he's really good at catching the ball out of the backfield. Like, much better than, than uh, Steven Jackson. Um, and then Alshon Jeffrey, who I think would be a... He, he would be like a top-tier outside, receive, uh, outside receiver to add to this team, but he might get... I mean, he's likely to get the franchise tag, so... Yeah. That's wishful thinking. Um... Do you want to move on? Yeah, you want to go to the trade deadline? Yeah, Bruins? so... Do you want to go Bruins or Celtics first? Uh, let's do Celtics first, because it already happened. Alright, so Celtics, they're currently playing right now, or they're going to. I think they're... They're in... Uh... They're at... Uh, the Bucks, the Minnesota Bucks, Milwaukee. Oh yeah, no Milwaukee. <laughs> Actually, they're they're hosting them. Um, game has not game starting in like two minutes. It's almost seven thirty now. But trade deadline passed for them. Um, I mean, did you follow it at all? I'm guessing no. I listened to a little bit of it. Um, I mean, I'm. I know they they didn't do anything. Um, yeah, and I guess people are saying that's good. So. Yeah, I mean, they I'd didn't like to sell see, the farm for a rental and then have. I'd like leave. to see where this where this goes. Um, they did they cut David Lee or waived him. I guess is the correct term, but they waived David Lee after the fact um, because he was just dead money and doing nothing for the team. And then there was talks of like a like a big time move that fell apart at like the final hour. Um, and I guess I didn't believe it at first. I thought that was just Danny Ainge blowing smoke up our ass. Um, as Trader Danny will sometimes do. But then some like pretty reliable beat writers and sources started saying that they were going to try and swing for um, Jalil Okafor, who's like, he was the top pick for uh, Philadelphia. And like, he, he's a really good player already as a rookie and super promising. So that would have been really interesting to see what they would have had to given up. Um, probably. He, he the first pick last year or the year before? Um, last, like this, this past okay, season, yeah. I believe. I heard um, today that they almost, or they were trying to get Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, that's not, I guess I saw that today, which I would not have liked that. That's, I don't need Carmelo on this team. Yeah. That's, that's a cancer. I'm perfectly fine with Jay Crowder playing his position. Um, so yeah, they did nothing. Um, there were really no moves around the league. Yeah, yeah. Um... A lot of minor stuff, really. Yeah. Oh, there's... It's typical NBA trade deadline where it's a lot of talk and, like, not a lot happens, really. I feel like. Because, I mean, most of the big stuff happens in the offseason. Um, 
at least in terms of superstars. I know, like, when they traded, when the Celtics traded Jeff Green, um, I think I have the player right. Um, whatever. Or, like, when they traded, like, Rondo, um, or, like, he, he was, like, one of the few superstars to move, but, yeah, they did nothing. I'll, I'm interested to see what the group, now that it's intact for the rest of the season, can do. Um, I think they're still they're still in the three seed as it stands right now, so that should be interesting. Um, Bruins uh, last night. I already forget like what happened last night. They were pretty much dominated by the Penguins for two periods and pretty much exploded in the third period. Oh, they ended yeah, up winning yeah, five yeah. to one. Um, it was a pretty good game. Rask played really well, like he has all year, and I hate when people shit on Rask because he has nothing in front of him. And, I don't know. Um, yeah, that defense is not... No, you, you, Even just looking at the names, like, it's Kevin not. Miller, Colin Miller, Chara is way past his prime. Seidenberg is pretty much traffic cone. Um, I think Kevin Miller's probably the worst. Tory Krug hasn't scored a goal in, like, a year and a half. Um... So, yeah, it's been a little frustrating in the back I end. saw, like, I forget who wrote it, but I saw, like, an interesting analysis of Krug where, like, they told him that to be, like, a top defenseman on the team, he had to take on more defensive responsibility, and that, like, m- may have psychologically, like, sw- started to switch off his offensive prowess or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Do you, th- do you think that? He's looked like a different player this year, and he's... I, I think it's because he has to play more top minutes and, and actually be a top four defenseman other than just like a power play specialist and stuff like that. Uh, a quick look at the standings right now. The Bruins are tied with the Lightning with 72 points in the East. Uh, they technically have, well, I guess Tampa's ahead of them because they have one game in hand for the Atlantic second spot. Um, both teams still behind Florida by three points for the top in the Atlantic, and then the conference, Washington, no one's catching Washington. Uh, I think they statistically have the best record ever to this point in the season. They're like the fastest to 50 win, or uh, not 50, 40 wins, sorry. Um, yeah, I've been drafting them. I, I started picking up on fantasy hockey for DraftKings. Yeah. And um, I'm only playing the free games because <laughs> fantasy hockey, I found out, is not very good. But I'm an addict at this point, so I have to play. Um, past couple of nights, I've drafted some Capitals, and they've underperformed. So get, I don't know, if I keep doing that, maybe they'll drop out of first. The first get uh, Holtby if you want him, the goalie. He's yeah. he's gonna want I'll, the best. I'll turn him from brick wall into rubble. So yeah. we'll see how that happens. So um, basically, if the season ended today, uh, it's the Capitals and Penguins in the first round. That's your one eight. Um, 2-7 is Florida-Detroit, 3-6 is the Islanders and the Rangers, and then Bruins-Lightning is your 4-5, the, the uh, Lightning being the home team there. So, I don't know, Bruins, they're definitely in the playoffs right now, but they're only a few points into the playoffs, so what you do with Erickson is really going to be weird. Um, I'd like to see them move him because I don't think they're winning the Cup no matter what this year, and we're not going to sign him next year. And if they sign him, I think they're stupid. Neely, Cam Neely. Uh, yeah, I heard from, this earlier. Yeah, on, he wanted Felgram as to say that he's. They've been talking to Erickson for a contract extension, which I think is really interesting considering Erickson has been like the one constant in terms of who they should be moving. Right. Leading up to the, the trade deadline. Um, what and, I, a dream scenario here would be Erickson, Chara, and maybe like a first or a second round pick to St. Louis for Kevin Shattenkirk. A uh, good young defenseman can move the puck. We'll definitely show up the back end, and then that'll give Pasternak or Kokolachev, if they want to bring him up, or Vitrano, some of the younger forwards that they have a bunch of. He they can play more minutes, and then Shattenkirk will show up the back end, fill in Chara's spot, and let Colin Miller and, and those guys develop a little bit more. So I mean, it's going to be interesting what they do, but. I really hope they do move him, even if it is just for some picks and stuff that they can flip for something else in the offseason. Because I don't think Lou is getting signed. Yeah, and I think I think it was Felger today, too, that was saying that they should move Louie, but not necessarily be sellers at the deadline. No, they can definitely do that. 
and move him and not sell the farm. They can still make the playoffs and, and sell and trade Louie and hopefully get something back for this year. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Pasternak. He had a couple nice goals last yeah, he did. Night that, I, that I saw. Um, it's nice to see. I mean, he was, especially coming into the season, he was definitely like one of the bright spots people were looking at. Um, so it's nice to see him. Uh, I mean, especially like last night, those goals were, they were like, they were pretty. And then, um, whose goal? I think it was Jimmy Hayes' goal. Yeah, it was like one of the nicest hockey sequences you'll you'll ever see. Where um, McQuaid without a helmet goes in to block a shot, goes to the corner. Hayes goes into the corner to do the dirty work and gets it out to um, gets it out to Ferraro, and he just completely torched everyone on yeah, the far and then, side. And then Hayes, for being a bigger guy, like he he got he he hustled. He drove down the net there. hard. It was a good play, but the whole it was McQuaid Ferraro. Ferraro just burned the guy to the outside and threw it to the middle, and Hayes just got a stick on it. Um, I mean, it was good to see Ferraro hadn't got a goal since, like, the 18th of December or something, and he got a, two points last night. So, I mean, backhand scoring is always good, and the Bruins don't have any of that because they're very top end with Bergeron, and, and Marshawn's going crazy this year. He's going to yeah. score 40 goals this year. And someone, I'm looking at the stats right now, someone who um, I know like, I had high hopes for coming to the season, and... He's produced, but you really don't hear about him much. Is Mapaleski? No, he's he's got thirty points as it stands, which is too off from his career high with Anaheim. Yeah, he he's quietly become a really good player for this team, and I yeah. was I was high on him last year. I remember watching the Ducks playoffs, and I was like, "This guy's a free agent. Like, let's fucking sign this guy." And no one thought anything about it. And then I was really happy when they got him, and nobody knew who he was. But I'm glad he's produced and stuff um yeah he's kind of filling milan lucic's rule a little bit so that's good yeah. to see um anything else with the bruins i mean uh let's see who do they have coming up we'll kind of preview this just pull it up if i know Looks how like to use this app <laughs> the 26th they're at carolina right so tomorrow yeah, at time at the time of recording, tomorrow, February twenty sixth, they're at Carolina. Carolina, a team they should beat. Um, they're definitely although the I have sailings. I have Cam Ward in net for DraftKings tonight, so I hope he does well tonight. Yeah, Carolina currently two out of the wild card. Actually, they're only two points out of the playoffs. Um, at twenty eight and twenty three, and ten, they're actually trying to trade uh, one of the Stahl brothers. I think Eric. Um, because he's in a dying contract too. With Bruins, I forgot that I forgot they had two Stahl brothers. To be honest, yeah. Um, I for, I always forget about Jordan Stahl. There there's three at one point. Yeah. They used to have a stupid NHL ad with all three of them. Um, but I think what the hell was I gonna say? I don't know. Carolina. Oh, road team. Bruins are twenty and seven, and they got some ties or shootout losses or whatever on the road. But that's absurd. And they're they're under five hundred at home, which is weird. Yeah, that's like, like because you don't normally see that where a team is worse at home than on the road. Really, I the, mean, considerably talk, better on the road. Yeah, they were talking last night. I saw it on Twitter. Like the even up like five one or like four one at points. Like the garden was like pretty quiet last night, and people were like, "We don't want to jinx them being up at home." <laughs> Like, this is a very rare occurrence, and we don't want to mess it up for them. Yeah. Uh, I think I've been to two or three games this year, and they've won two of them. So I should probably start going to more. And then, of you course, should. I'll go to the playoffs, and they'll lose because that always happens. That's, yeah, that's, that's it's the circle of, of the life. That's me. what happens. You'll go to regular season, they'll win, you'll go to playoffs, and they lose. That's just that's how the world works for you. Yeah. I'll beat Toronto. I'll go to that game. But they'll also lose game six to the Hawks in, like, the worst fashion ever. So, yeah, that would happen. Um, anyway, Part of the course. What else we got here? Um, know, we're coming up on a little under, I want to say, like, 30-ish minutes, maybe? I don't know. We're, co- we're coming up on, like, half an hour, I want to say. Um, do, I don't know, do you want to talk Hockey East? Yeah, we'll stay with Hockey, I guess. 
Um, so last weekend of Hockey East here. Uh, got some weird league parameters, I guess. I don't know really how to say it. Um, the league's up for grabs. A couple teams can win it. Um, I know BC's on the fast track to win it, and Providence is right there with them. They swept Notre Dame at home last weekend. If I can just pull up the standings page. I'm also waiting for, for this site to load. Uh, yeah, Hockey East is kind of itchy. Okay, so BC's won with 33 points, and they play Lowell this weekend. Um, Lowell's is tied with BU with 26 points, and there's some weird tiebreakers in there. Um, Providence is 2, Notre Dame 3, BU 4, Lowell 4, and that's really all that matters because the top four get a bye in the first round. So really comes down to BU and Lowell who gets the last bye. Um, and then the bottom eight playoff and the octo finals, I guess you want to call it, whatever. Um, and then the top four from there play the, the top four from the league. So BC on the fast track to win the league. Providence probably going to finish second. BU is at Notre Dame this weekend. Um, a sweep of Notre Dame puts BU in third because they get the tiebreaker against the Irish. And uh, also, if Lowell sweeps BC, I think they beat BU in a tiebreaker. It's weird. Um, a lot of weird scenarios to come out. And then nationally, Quinnipiac still number one in the uh, pairwise ranking, which determines the NCAA field. St. Cloud 2, BC 3, and North Dakota 4. So those are your one seeds. And that, that tournament, Selection Sunday, whatever you want to call it, is about three weeks away, something like that. And it's like the 19th of March. So coming down to the end here, same with college basketball. Um, but I don't know dick about college basketball, so I'm not going to even <laughs> attempt to start to talk about oh, that. We're... I, I was going to mention this off air, but I guess I can do it now. We're, we're doing a March Madness episode where we're just going to go through the bracket. Okay. We're going to do our picks and we're going to go over them. All right. We don't have to. We don't have to go in depth, but we can just talk about why we picked who. We okay. can do it for for. We can do. We're doing it for hockey sports. too. Absolutely. Yeah, we can do both sports. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so, I mean, it might be a little bit early to to predict at this point, but who are you liking? Uh, at least to make it to like the 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 final, the national championship. Um. So right now, if the season ended, I would have to say somebody from probably either St. Cloud or BC. I think they're the two hottest teams. I'm not really sold on Quinnipiac. They want. They only have two losses on the year: one to BU and one to St. Lawrence. They also have seven ties though, so they play a lot of close games, and I think they could get knocked off. Right now, if the year ended, the bracket came out, they would play, well, they'd win the first round, the 116 matchup, but then Denver and Notre Dame are the other side of that bracket, and I think one of those teams would knock them off. I don't even see them getting to Tampa to the Frozen Four. So, I mean, still a long ways out, but I'd probably say BC. I mean, they usually heat up around now. And then St. Cloud, North Dakota, something like that, maybe. Kind of hard to tell. You mentioned Quinnipiac, like, I always forget they're, like, a D1 uh, hockey program yeah. for some reason. Like, because, like, I've, you, uh, you've you been there, right? Like, you've been on that campus? Uh, yeah, I went for the first time this year. I went to go pick up someone we know before winter break, and, like, just driving on that campus, I was like, this seems almost smaller than, like, I would have thought like it doesn't. The campus doesn't is have weird. A, uh, it's like yeah. the school's down in this one valley, and then like up on a hill is their whole athletic complex, and it's yeah. like the basketball and hockey. It's a really nice rink, but it is a weird campus. Yeah, it, it has like a weird, like like I, like it doesn't feel like a, a it would have any D one teams there. Yeah. Um, like it it feels like Ithaca where I'm at where like it's got such a small school feeling that. You think it's like a D three hockey program that somehow is like number one in the in the poll. That's kind of um, what college hockey is, though. I mean, yeah, but like you you have like BU and BC where it's like um, even like Notre Dame, um, even like you know some of the more traditional like Northeastern. I know they're not as good, but like you, you've got schools that have sort of like that that big time feel. Yeah, uh, it might be just because that like. 
I mean, especially with, like, BU, um, to an extent, like, BC, like, you've got, like, players playing, like, going on to the NHL, playing for, like, their national teams. It seems like a lot more, at least you hear about it a lot more, than you do with Quinnipiac. Um, sort of that, like, name recognition. Yeah, no, I know where you're coming from. Uh, I think Quinnipiac, they got a lot of older players, and that's how they they compete, I guess. Yeah. And that's how, like, a lot of these schools do it. If you're not the UBC, North Dakota, who, who are going to get, like, the number of Jack Eichels of the world, they're going to have to get some older kids from junior, and then that's how they compete, just strictly because of age and stuff. Um, and Quinnipiac's done a good job of recruiting. They got some really good kids. They got a kid who could maybe win the Hobie Baker, Sam Annis, but probably going to go to Jimmy Vesey of Harvard if he keeps it up. And they love Ivy League kids, so he'll probably get it. Um, yeah, so that's basically college hockey. We're kind of winding down, and that means my social life is slowly coming to an end because <laughs> I have nothing better to do on the weekends. Um, yeah, so we still got like a month of that left. So right. cherish it while you have it. Exactly. Um, you want to hit on MLS or soccer or whatever? Yeah, sure. Why um, Arsenal I'll, makes I'll, you cry? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go with the Revs first since they're they're the more local team that I watch. Um, they're in preseason right now. Opening day is March sixth um, at Houston, and then March twelfth is the home opener against DC. Um, preseason is like it's not a great indicator, especially for soccer because it's a lot of uh, the reserves and trialists that are fighting for even just contracts. Um, but the past three games, and they're going into their fourth and final preseason on the twenty seventh, so this upcoming Saturday, um, they're in the what, what's called the Desert Diamond Cup down in Arizona. Um, they the first game they uh, drew a three three with uh, Real Salt Lake and then uh, Real Salt Lake a stupid name <laughs> they're they're in, they're in some turmoil right now the just call the, yourself Salt Lake like why do we have to be like little British because, soccer land yeah because we try and be European about some of our especially it's seen first generation MLS one which is where the Revs are they're one of the founding members right they're like, they, they're real like names. it was it was New England Revolution the um, crew the fire Columbus like Columbus names. crew Chicago Fire LA Galaxy defunct teams like the Tampa Bay Mutiny um, but then like with MLS two it's Real Salt Lake the next opponent they played which is Sporting Kansas City what um, the hell be be the Kansas City Scouts or whatever. I know that's yeah. an old defunct hockey team, but there's yeah. like uh, Toronto FC, which makes a little bit more sense because it's Canada. Um, they're a little bit more European than we are, I guess. But even in Canada, you have Montreal Impact, which I don't fully understand that name. No uh, one understands why anything in Montreal is named yeah. what it is. <laughs> um, what the hell you, is an expo? Yeah, and then you've got Vancouver Whitecaps, which works. Um, but yeah, like a lot of the some at least some of the MLS 2.0 teams are. Trying to trying too hard with their names, but so yeah, so they drew three three with Salt Lake, one one with Sporting Kansas City. Uh, they beat Houston Dynamo last night two one. Um, they play Columbus Crew in the final game of preseason this upcoming Saturday, um, and then March sixth, which is a Sunday at three, they kick off regular season against Houston. Um, they've looked pretty good. I know like. The last episode two, um, I was talking about Kuasi, who's the guy from the Swiss League that they signed and tore his ACL, um, <laughs> and Jermaine Jones. That situation still not figured out. Um, it's looking less and less likely he's going to be back. They did end up signing. They traded money to Vancouver Whitecaps for a midfielder named Gershon Kofi, who is from Ghana, I think. Um, I mean, he's he's an excellent player. He's really good. Um, so, after Kawasi got hurt, people thought that Jones would be back because the door opened for him, and it just got shut right in his face with, with Kofi. Um, and, I mean, he might end up playing out this this year and then going to Europe or something because um, I don't know if he wants to play there. And then we got Kawasi in uh, after his injury. But, um, I mean, some guys... We're playing really well, especially last night. Um, Teal Bunbury, who's primarily plays on the right wing, 
got the start up top at forward. Um, and he, he played really well for not having too much experience at that position. Um, the defense still could use uh, at least just some competition. Um, there is a new kid from uh, a Portuguese club. Um, his name is uh, Sambinha. He's he's like 23, so he won't be a starter right away. But um, all in all, like you know, the, between 23 for Sambinha and then Jordan McCrary, who was their draft pick out of North Carolina this year, at right back, you've got some some youth along the back line that could make things interesting. Um, and then, I mean, the Revolution's depth and talent in the midfield and up top is absurd. Um, there's just, it's, it's, it's almost a problem because there's so many starting caliber players that you can't, you obviously can't play them all and it, it can create problems. Like we saw last season with guys like Kellen Rowe and Diego Fugunda sometimes struggling, uh, especially in the middle of the season where they weren't getting a ton of playing time. Um, it could be a blessing and a curse, uh, for the Revs. So, looking up for now, they benefit from Copa America Centenario, which is middle of the summer, uh, hosted in the United States. So MLS is going on a break for pretty much all of that tournament. And that's good because the Revs are now known for being summertime slumps, um, I think they only won. They only won like one game out of six last season in the summer, which is awful. Um, so hopefully, getting rid of pretty much a month of the summer for them is it could hopefully lead to better for, results. For those games when they bring them to Gillette and stuff, do they put down grass over the turf? They they've started doing that a lot more. Yeah, um, especially like. With uh, like higher profile yeah. teams, I know like Brazil came to Gillette in September this past September, I think, um, and they put down the the grass there. So they should be doing that in the summer. I'd like to see them maybe keep it on for as much as possible until the Patriots need that stadium again. But we'll see what Kraft decides to do with that. Um, I'll hit on Arsenal, which is the other soccer team I watched the most. They just lost Champions League. Play for Alex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they just lost Champions League match yesterday. Um, or was it two days ago? I don't know. I don't even, it was that heartbreaking that I forget. 2-0 um, to Barcelona. And they looked really good for like the first 70 minutes and then he's completely shit the bed after that. Um, gave up two bad goals. Um, and we're not doing, we're doing well in the league. I shouldn't say we're doing well. It's, it's more the same where we're going to end up. It, it's, it's a cycle with Arsenal. Preseason, you sign a new player, you get your hopes up, you play well before Christmas and you're like, all right, we're going to finish number one in the league. Then after Christmas, you get injured, you get a ton of injuries to key players and then other players underperform, and you drop down to, like, four or five, and then in the season you finish fourth, and you're like, all right, we're going to do it next year. And it's just perpetually that over and over and over. It's like what Russ Cole said in True Detective, time is a flat circle. Everything we've, we, we've ever done and will do is going to happen over and over again. And that's just that sums up Arsenal perfectly. Um, they're in fourth right now. Um, they've got some tough games coming up. They're... Away at Manchester United this Sunday, I think, and then um, towards the end of the season, they're away at Manchester City, which is going to. There's going to be two really tough games that they have to win, and they probably won't. And they're probably going to finish fourth again. And if they finish fourth, there's a very likely chance that Tottenham, who is their big rival, finishes above them, and that hasn't happened. I don't think ever. That's like that's never happened, and that's been like the big like calling card when you're going back and forth with Tottenham fans, is that, you, that they've never finished above Arsenal in the league. So that would be, like, like, like heartbreaking. As, like, odd as that sounds, that would be, like, an awful... Like, that's the worst-case scenario. So I'm I'm praying that that, that doesn't happen. But... 
All right. right. Um, so, uh, yeah, we hit on, hit on a lot today. Um, I don't know, are there really any other pressing issues? Um, um like I'm going to try about? to get to some of the Hockey East first round stuff, so not just BU, so we can cover that a little bit more in depth in two weeks or whatever. Yeah. We want to do that. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, this past Monday, I mean, maybe the, the biggest return in sports history, Shane McMahon, Shane O'Mac returned to WWE. Uh, just the, the ultimate show, man. So props to him. He's going to be fighting at WrestleMania Hell in a Cell against The Undertaker. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, something to look, look forward to for, I don't know, some people out there. Maybe. Probably Jimmy, not. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. I love Jay Stewart. He's so weird. Um, I don't know. I think that could do it. Yeah, I, guess, I think really. we're good. Um, I'm going to go do a shitload of laundry because fuck my I, life. I did that I did that yesterday. I to, uh, I've been putting it off all week. I have to do some bullshit. Assi- I, don't, I don't know if I should say it's bullshit assignment, but I have to do a assignment for a class tomorrow that is... I don't really understand it. I'll do my best to understand it, but... Um, I'm also going to go write about college hockey for zero credit. Um, if anybody wants to know about the BU Notre Dame series, go ahead, look it up. That, that would be, uh, the B, is it the BU hockey it, blog or, or just BU hockey it blog? It is the, the BU hockey blog. The Ohio State University. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that should do it for us. That's episode three in the books. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll be back next week. Maybe it'll be the week after that. We don't really know. We don't know. Uh, we're going to figure it out. Maybe. We don't know if we'll ever be back. I don't know. This this may cease to exist after this episode. We don't know. <laughs> um, Matt, any final words? Uh, I got nothing. All right. Neither do I. Episode three in the books. I get what I deserved on a talk down on